Welcome to Rethinking Leadership, where we're serving fresh ideas over coffee, because nothing happens before coffee. I'm Jackie Lesser. And I'm Dee Harrison. Grab your favorite mug and let us fill you up. Welcome to episode one, beginning with the end in mind. So Jackie, do you want to say a word about how we got here? Yeah, uh, you know, you and I both doing, you know, similar work. At one point I said, Dee, like, why are we doing this by ourselves? I think we should go out there and bring our work together. And as we thought more about that, something else came to mind because I'd been listening to these great podcasts. And I thought, hey, we could probably do that. <laughs> so, um, so that's how that started, right? Right. And the idea of sharing our wisdom, sharing our conversations, not that it's our wisdom, but the topics that we talk about are absolutely, you know, relatable and real, real life experiences um, on topics that have everything to do with leadership, whether we're talking about leading in an organization, leading in a family, a community, and of course, leading ourselves. You know, we've been talking about tools to help us in our relationships. And so when we think about that in the context of whether the work we do or our own personal relationships, where do you start? When I, you know, I want to work on making this relationship better. I want to work on being a better leader. Where do I start? And I know, Jackie, that you would agree that our starting point is the end. So we're always beginning with the end in mind, which is a term that was coined by Stephen Covey in his Seven Habits of... Oh, it was before. I think it was even before oh. that. I think like, Nepo- I remember, Nep- I don't remember, but I, I know I read <laughs> I read about Napoleon Hill, you know, um, yes. in the book called Thinking Grow that's, Rich. That's right. I think this is where we're talking about wisdom of the ages because yes. I, I do think this is a um, really an ancient piece of wisdom to start where you want to, to finish, you know, with the, with the feeling, right. you know, at the end of this conversation with this person, I want to feel, or mm-hmm. at the end of this podcast, we, D and I want to feel like we really brought value. It was a way for us to, to really hone, you know, get past all the noise of why do I want this? It's really, how do I want to feel about this when I'm finished? Yeah. You know, and if you know how you want to feel about something when you, when you're finished with it, a project, um, a, a crucial conversation, courageous conversation, uh, a product launch, a business meeting, uh, a PTA meeting, a meeting, you know, a conversation with, with a kid or a spouse or a partner. How do, at the end, how do I want to feel? And if, once you determine how you want to feel, you can start that feeling right away. Yeah. And so that's, that's always what I've taken as beginning with the end in mind. And, and I know that's why we started our first episode with beginning and the end in mind, because we said, well, wait a second, if we're going to do a podcast, right, where do we begin? <laughs> we begin at the end, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I love what you said about, you know, beginning with awareness around how do I want to feel when I get to the end? And I, I think that that is a key distinction. We're talking about not necessarily the outcome, you know, what's the marketing material for the project going to look like, or what is my spouse or child going to ultimately go and do as a result of the conversation. It's not, you know, we're not talking about those kind of task-oriented outcomes, although that's certainly important. But when we begin with the end in mind, we're talking about, because again, 
in the context of relationships and relatedness, how do I want to feel? And, and what do I want to create in the relationship through this conversation? So how do I want to feel when we get to the end? And how do I want to be in the relationship when we get to the end of this project or conversation? For example, perhaps I want to feel at peace. I want to feel that the relationship has a sense of collaboration and um, connection. So I start with that intention and I really work with myself to carry that along with me as I'm moving through, you know, the dynamics, because it's especially if we've got more than two people working together, right? There's stuff going on that may challenge my sense of peace or my sense of collaboration or connection. But if that's my choosing and my clear um, intention with myself it's important to me to have that at the end then I I get really intentional about everything that I do and say in order to bring that along with me throughout throughout the interaction does that make sense yeah and I also I just want to highlight that word intention because many people have heard about that I mean you know some people have read books like the secret you know, or have um, listened to some audio programs where they talk about an intention. Set an intention for how you want this to go. Set an intention for how you want to mm -hmm. feel. Set an intention for what amount of money you want to make or, you know, uh, uh, finding a partner or someone to collaborate with you. So it's very, it's similar um, in that when you begin with the end in mind, it really is an intention. It's an intention to have a, an experience in terms of how you're feeling. Um, and the reason I think, and I wanted to also mention, instead of uh, beginning with the end in mind with exactly what it has to look like, recognize that when you get too connected to exactly what it has to look like, number one, you could mm -hmm. be disappointed, but number two, you're limiting what could actually, what it actually could look like. Right. You know, if, if you need to see it in a certain version um, versus just saying, you know, I really want to feel like I've brought value or I really want to feel like the team is being productive. I really want to feel like um, I'm understood and that I understand, you know, the other person. I think you have a lot more room to create something even more amazing than you could ever imagine. Yeah. So what you're bringing up for me, maybe we want to talk about this for a minute, is some of the practicalities or the how-tos. You know, so there are some um, tactical, I don't know if that's the exact right word, but there's some, you know, some practical to-dos involved. And I, I think the big one that's coming for up for me is letting go of my assumptions about how this is supposed to work, how this is supposed to look when we get together to work on a marketing plan. Really being present and open and listening, you know, challenges the way that I'm listening, where I am asking questions to make sure I am understanding what the other parties are saying and not assuming that I know or jumping to conclusions, right? So when I begin with that desire for connection and openness, it causes me then to pause and be very intentional about how I'm showing up in those relationships, right? So the quality of my listening, especially when we're working with people that we've worked with before. And I mean, gosh, I'm thinking of my family where I feel like, oh, I, I know this person so well. I really need to challenge myself with that beginner's mind and say, well, wait a minute. I don't know exactly what they're going to say and do in this conversation. So how can I really just show up here with a total blank slate, open heart, open mind, 
and like you said, not limit the conversation through my own, you know, assumptions or prejudices. Yeah. So that's one very practical, I mean, sounds very practical and it's, <laughs> yeah. it's certainly easier said than done. Absolutely. Um, sure. But I think, you know, what you, what you're saying is pointing to, you know, at least one thing that we, when you begin with the end in mind, you really do have to let go of how you think things should be in order to, you know, allow things um, to be what they can be. So we're going to share three practical tips or practical ways to do this. Number one is to ask yourself, how do I want to feel when this is over? Mm -hmm. Yes. And number two is, okay, if that's how I want to feel, what has to happen right now in order for me to get there. And, and Jackie's going to give us a real example in a moment. So I'm making this up, but this is the thing I take into most conversations. If when I get to the end of this conversation, I want to feel connected and at peace with you, I know right now I need to start by taking a couple of breaths, opening my mind, presencing myself and, and being aware of any judgments that come up as we're moving through the conversation. So number one is, how do I want to feel when this is over? Number two is drop any judgments, any assumptions, any judgments, and, and start with a beginner's mind yes. about you know, how things have to happen. Number three would be, who do I need to be in order to have an experience of myself as more connected, more peaceful, um, you know, a better listener, have more collaboration, have more resonance with my team, you know, have, be more inspiring. Like, what is it about myself that I can shift, that I can change, that I can tweak a little bit, that I can take one small step? Mm, yeah, so that's great. So those are the three big ones. And that just feels so inspiring to me to know that at any moment, in any conversation or interaction, I can choose to be different than I was in the last interaction if that didn't work so good for me, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a, I have a great example of that that happened to me two weeks ago. Um, it, I, I was invited, well, I wasn't invited. I was told about a benefit and a couple of my, you know, like a, there was a, a big benefit. It was probably be, be about 400 people that were going to be attending this benefit and several people that I knew, friends of mine, close friends, were going. And I thought, oh, this is going to be really fun. I told Dave, my husband, let's go. And he said, all right. So we end up coming, you know, showing up at this event. And literally, I mean, you wouldn't think you have to necessarily do this in your personal life. You know, it's very, very helpful in your work life for sure. And I guess if you think that you maybe are challenged by something, you might start with it in your personal life. But even when you don't believe you're challenged, just like I'm going out on a Saturday night. Do I need to begin with the end in mind? Well, apparently I do <laughs> because I walked into this establishment and I, I hadn't thought about how I wanted to end, feel at the end. And it was as if I had like an out-of-body experience. I walk in, I, I was in a perfectly happy mood. I walk in and I, I, my husband gets whisked away by somebody he hadn't seen in years. My friends get whisked away by people they hadn't seen in years. And I'm standing there, and it was almost as if I had to, I had a choice at that moment. Mm -hmm. Belong or don't belong. Mm. And for some reason, my subconscious chose don't belong. Mm. 
And in my don't belonging, I don't know, I guess the, the lessons were richer than if I would have belonged. But mm. um, I hadn't started with the end of mind. Like, hey, I'm going to be meeting lots of people. I'm going to be seeing lots of old people. I This is how I want to feel when I'm finished. But no, I, I didn't do that. And I walk into this party and the moment I step in, into the building, I don't belong. And I felt tortured. Mm -hmm. I felt like a wallflower. I felt um, like nobody saw me, like uh, nobody cared about me, like I didn't have any friends. <laughs> wow, this feels so awful. And I could feel it both <laughs> mentally, emotionally, and viscerally, I want you to know. Right, wow. And, and uh, after a few, uh, you know, maybe about 20 minutes of this, I felt myself get really angry. I was mad at my friends for leaving me. I was mad at my husband for abandoning me. Right. And I'm standing there and I'm trying to, you know, order something to drink and I realized what I had done. I never gave it a second thought that I would need to start with the end of mind. And if I, I made up a whole story about how I don't belong, that was the end I had in mind. You know, your, your mind is going to do it anyway. That's so right. I, so unconsciously I had decided not to belong. And at that moment I said, wait a second, I can choose again. Mm. I can make a different choice. So how do I want to feel for the rest of this evening? I want to feel like I belong. I want to feel like I have friends. I want to feel like I'm here because it's a meaningful reason for being. And, you know, my entire evening's experience changed as a result wow. of, of changing my mind. And I had a lovely evening and I met lots of new people and I saw lots of old people um, that I was just delighted to be with. So first of all, how powerful that you within, you know, I don't know, a 15 minute time span, you had both experiences, right? The experience of being unintentional, unconscious, seeing that, seeing yourself, realizing, wow, look at me, look at me doing this, look at me thinking in this way. Oh my gosh. And then able yeah. to shift yourself, you've worked with yourself and you've done this enough times to, to be able to look clearly and go, oh boy, Jackie, look what you're doing. Let's, let's stop that and let's do this instead, right? So I'm curious in that switch, in that moment, how did you do that? So I'm wondering if you could break that into a couple of steps. What did you do? Yeah. Okay. So I'm standing there and I am feeling horrible, like so lonely, so horrible. My, you know, I, I could tell even in my body, like I wasn't, my breath was shallow, mm -hmm. you know, my chest was pounding because I was feeling both. Um, vulnerable and angry at the same time. Um, and I tell you, the first thing I did was I took a couple deep breaths. Mm -hmm. And I knew that at that moment, even though before that moment I had been in fight or flight mode, you know, feeling so threatened, now as soon as I take those three deep breaths, just standing there, feeling my feet on the yes. ground, filling my air, my lungs up with air, it was as if I was signaling my nervous system to calm down. Yeah, because that's exactly what you were doing. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And in that calming down was where I found the space mm -hmm. to recognize the story that I was telling myself and then to remember that I don't have to keep telling the same story, that mm -hmm. I could actually begin with the end I have in mind, which is I want to I have a lovely, I want to have a good time. Mm -hmm. I want to feel like I belong. I want to be here in service of this amazing cause that created this gathering in the first place. So I chose to look at what I was wanting, you know, and how I wanted to feel. And, 
you know, it was almost like I, I just turned and there was my husband again and there were my friends and the conversation just picked up and, and from there, the rest of the evening was a completely, first of all, not only was it a different experience, it was like a different person. So I don't know if I yeah. captured. Yeah. yeah. Well, a key point that I heard you say is that the breath, mm-hmm. you know, the couple of breaths, because what was happening physiologically in that moment, like literally, truly in your body, and you named it, your body had gone to that fight or flight mode, your brain went there because this idea, this belief of I don't belong creates a sense of threat from a brain perspective, right? So your brain sending signals out through your nervous system, be on guard, we don't belong Mm. here. And what that does is it creates that visceral response, whereas you said, you know, your heart's racing, you feel angry and you're not breathing, you're breathing shallowly. So the first thing that I heard you say you did was you knew instinctively just to take deep breaths. And that is just the time needed to, and and the energy needed, that opening action needed to move my brain out of threat mode, back to neutral, pull my higher thinking part of my brain back online because it tends to just go right offline and we're just running in, uh, you know, reactive mode, right? So now I'm back and literally like flipping a switch. As you said, you know, you turned around, there were the same people that were there five minutes ago and now everything was different. So I just, I love that truth that nothing changed and yet everything was different. I mean, nothing around you changed, right? You're still in the same room, wearing the same clothes, same people are there, and yet everything was different. And you did that. You created that for yourself. And so can I, and so can anyone listening to this podcast. We have that power at any moment to change everything by simply changing my mind, my perspective and my choice, right? Mm -hmm. And I just took a sip of coffee to say cheers to that wisdom. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And that's such a great story. I thank you for for sharing that. Yeah. And I think it's an invitation too. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I'm imagining that, um, that that story is pretty relatable. You know, we've all gone into situations where you you felt either a work situation or a family situation or a you know a social situation where you you had felt like you didn't belong and you had a terrible time and therefore your partner had a terrible time also <laughs> you know yeah um, or right not. but but I think the po- can I add something yeah. so yeah maybe the thinking uh, you were aware enough to know that there was that you had that thinking of I don't belong you're inviting people to consider this because it's probably relatable. And maybe you were in a situation where that wasn't your thought of I don't belong. Maybe your thought was more about them because I think we tend to go there too. They're excluding me, right? So it might not be I don't belong, but they're doing something at my expense. I'm right. So there's this blame climate that we can create through our own thinking. So I just want to throw that in there too, because as you audience, you know, as you're listening and trying to relate to a situation, think about a time when maybe you went there, you know, a meeting, you walked in, well, they've got it all figured out. They don't need me. They're not listening to my ideas. Right. Yeah, no, that's, that's true too. Any situation in which you don't feel the way you want to feel, you have to remember that that feeling is actually up to you. Mm-hmm. So the, if, if the story that you're telling yourself has you feel like you don't belong and you want to belong, you know, you get to say, wait a second, my end in mind is belonging. So if I felt like I belonged, how would I be 
addressing this person? How would I be talking to my friend or or my, this perfect stranger? Right. How would I be even carrying myself physically? You know, I know that when I was walking from one end of the room to the other, I could feel myself like really contracting, mm -hmm. you know? I wasn't standing tall. I was very conscious of every step I took, you know? So I think that beginning with the end in mind also informs, it informs your mental, your emotional, and your physical um, yes. experience. Yes. Absolutely. Because we know that we send messages, we perpetuate the messaging that we're sending to ourselves through our body language, through, you know, you said contracting, you know, making myself smaller or I don't fit in, right? Versus walking with confidence and shoulders up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I also noticed that when in the beginning, like when I finally saw somebody I did now, I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing here? That was my first thing to them. What am I doing here? Versus hey, wow, look at this room full of people. So if I belonged, wow, look at this room full of all these amazing people coming together for this incredible cause. That's a, a language of belonging. Yeah. You know, versus what am I doing here? I don't belong here. That's the language of not belonging. Right. Yeah. So if I really wanted belonging, my language would be different. You know? Yes. Um, oh, that's another great practical takeaway is mm -hmm. that when we choose how we want to be at the end of the evening or the end of the meeting, you know, and I want to feel like I belonged, I want to feel like I supported a great cause, then we not only, it, it, yes, it informs how I'm being in my body, how I'm interacting with you, it informs what I'm saying to myself and out loud, right? So the language of belonging, the language of connection or collaboration or whatever it is you want to feel how you decided you want to be at the end, we can start also by thinking about, okay, so someone who's collaborative, what kinds of things would they say? Exactly. Someone who belongs here, what kind of things would they say? Mm -hmm. And then we can say those things. Yeah. And even an example, like if I think about Olympic athletes, you know, or athletes in general, professional athletes, um, they always begin with the end in mind. You know, no golfer sets up the ball without seeing it. You know, he doesn't hit he or she doesn't swing before they see it in the hole. They've already visualized mm -hmm. that hole, the, the, uh, the way that the ball arcs and the way the height of the ball and, and where it lands and how it rolls in. So I think it's really about, about thinking about how do I want this to finish. If, if I'm an Olympic athlete, I'm not saying, well, okay, what do I need to do to win a gold medal? I'm saying, now that I've won a gold medal, what had to have happened. Mm -hmm. You know, right. I'm eating differently. I'm speaking differently. I'm thinking more positive thoughts. So I think that end really does inform the present moment. Yeah. And so yeah. I want to invite us all to take that same amount of intention that an athlete would take into a sporting event, what if we use those tools in our marriages, in our parenting, in, on our teams, right? Put that same level of intention that a professional athlete would put on their, their craft, that we apply that level of intention to mm. the craft of our relationships. That sounds great. That sounds yeah. great. Well, I think this has been a very productive um, conversation. I It, it was... <laughs> It was so interesting to be uh, able to tell that story. Um, you know, I, I probably learned even more as I told it. Um, right. Yeah. And, and you know, yeah. beginning with the end in mind is one of those timeless tools. 
that you can keep in your tool belt from now until the end of time. And you'll find mm -hmm. it useful again and again and again. Yeah, and we'd love to hear your experiences. Take this invitation and the tools that we've provided here into your next interaction and let us know how that goes. We're so glad that you were here with us today listening to Rethinking Leadership, serving fresh ideas over coffee. You can connect with Jackie Lesser on JackieLesser.com and you can connect with me, Dee Yarrison, at EssentialShiftNow.com. And we'll see you next time.